favor. This is one more. Welcome to Otra Por Favor. Otra Por Favor. Episodio 48. 48, baby. How you doing, brother? I'm doing all right. Man, it's, it's so good to be in the studio again. In the Hyperware studio. Right. at you. Live. Not live, but it will be released this weekend. <laughs> uh, man, it's it's good. I know we've, we've been... Um, I know we, we've really been striving to record weekly, but sorry we can't. Um, we life. Just, Life, life, gets way. life gets on the way. But so, we're here now. So you know the good thing is we're here and you know, um ready to just share, you know, some some information that we have, share what we think. Um today's episode, as you guys know, we discuss um topics about football, vida, and anything that makes a culture. So our 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 goal for today is gonna be first of all, we're gonna talk about, you know, football, which is what we live for as guys. Um <laughs> We're going to talk about the, the 2022 World Cup groups that are already finalized, uh, who made it and who's out. We're also going to be talking about the host cities that are now finally official. Um, mm. There's no more speculations as to who's going to get it or not. Unfortunately, Austin didn't get it, so that's okay. Uh, in the future, we will. And then um, Austin FC, talk about that. And then um, before we go into any any of the other topics did you watch the usa it's our game uh, i watched a lot of uh, clips i watched a lot of images um i didn't watch the entire game yeah uh because i i choose to not get frustrated over certain things in life so i just kind of <laughs> decide not to watch them <laughs> frustrated like uh in what aspect uh on on in which like in, in the u.s or just like the fans or what in the aspect of like what's what's the point of playing in in this type of condition mm. uh i don't know dude it felt like for me, it was just uh, it, it kind of brought memories. Like, man, you know, it kind of gave a little bit of like humbleness. Yeah, just playing there, and and I appreciated that because there's no reflection, like big reflections. All it is is just a guy, like a ball with eleven, uh, twenty-two guys running. You know, trying to score on each other. Um, I mean, these guys are professionals. There, some are millionaires, but just the fact that it was muddy and it just felt like. Oh man, it felt like a Sunday league type type of game. Yeah, I'm sure it humbled them. And yeah, it is cool to think about these superstar millionaire players being humbled and playing in a in a very uh dangerous kind of muddy environment, but at the same time you start thinking about players in the USA that are very prone to injury, that have a World Cup to play. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I criticize it, but We'll get into it, man. I'm excited. I'm excited. Other other things we're going to talk about True. is a little bit on the. Uh, we already touched on Austin FC. We're going to touch on a little bit of the cultura side. Uh, Austin FC fan engagement with the uh, recent event they hosted at the stadium with mm -hmm. the meet and greet with some of the players. Um, one other thing is uh, the Johnny Colugna being the heartbeat of the Pachuca game, mm -hmm. um, and then we're going to touch on a few other things uh, community wise, but. This being so close to Father's Day, we have a little bit of uh, that life side to touch on. Uh, we're we're going to talk about fathers and go, in, go into a few stories. I highlight uh, some examples in our lives. 
Yeah, man. Uh, I have a couple, so <laughs> hopefully you came in ready to you know share some some cool stories. I'm always ready, baby. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, so let's let's touch on the group part of for the 2022 World Cup. All right, like this year's World Cup. Yes, sir. Um, the first you know game that we saw that was a qualifier. Um, Wales defeated Ukraine. Oof, and that pretty much brings Wales to Group B, along with the uh, Iran, the U.S. and England. So that's a very uh, that's gonna be a um, the stack group, stack group, and it's also gonna have a, because if you look at it, uh, Wales is from the UK, and then U.S. and England. I mean that alone itself again that's another game that's gonna be good. So. There, there's gonna, there's, there's. I would say the group that has like a bunch of history behind it, a lot of wars, a lot of wars, <laughs> a lot of conflict, <laughs> a lot of, co a lot of a international lot of, conflict. Right, right. <laughs> a lot of banter between yeah. uh, countries. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I, I think for me, it's gonna be one. I would say the, the group of the El Grupo de la Muerte. Oh, you think so? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, it's tough. It's it, tough because. I feel like Wales is gonna try to show up and give it to England, yeah. Um, and especially since they're like very close to each other and they're in, they're in the UK region. It's like a clásico. Yeah, there you go. There you go. A lot of clásicos, and then what? Another thing, like say US and Iran. We already know like what's what has happened between the, both of those countries. No, I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> a lot, man. Watch the news. <laughs> something about nuclear arms. Nuclear arms. Something about you know everything that can end the world in in a single strike. <laughs> Yeah. Um and no. then what do you think? No, uh, I was going to say I'm I'm super excited for that group, but but before we got into that group, I I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh the actual defeat of Ukraine, you know, as we all know, uh Ukraine was kind of the Cinderella story of qualifying. Um I think they were being pushed just with hope and and uh the hopes of a nation mm -hmm. unlike any other just due to the state of their country being in in a ongoing war with uh, with Russia, mm -hmm. and uh, one of the stories I read that f I thought it was interesting, the soldiers, some a group of soldiers signed a flag and sent it to the uh, Ukrainian national team mm -hmm. to put it in their locker room, and he asked them that they that the only thing he asked of them is that they do everything they could to qualify. Mm -hmm. So when you f when you saw the end of those ninety minutes, losing with an own goal shot. I believe a uh, free kick from Gareth Bell, but it was an own goal at the end of the day. And at the end of the 90 minutes, how they just fell to their feet. Um, it was just tragic. You can just put yourself in their shoes and imagine like how devastating that could be. And then on the flip side, Wales not being in the world cup mm -hmm. for like what, 55 years. Right. I don't remember what the, the exact date is, but it's been a long ass time since Wales mm -hmm. has been in the world cup. So, you see the 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 triumph and, and and defeat like the two sides of the coin in yes. life in one moment. That's the beautiful thing about football um, that that I thought was was amazing and in display in that moment. And and I mean I would say that brought a lot of emotions to just the Ukrainian people. Yeah, because you're so close to going to the World Cup in the midst of a war. You you you're not going anymore. Um, Imagine Ukraine going to the World Cup with what's like in the situation that they're currently at in the country. It would have been um, a very, I would say, you know, you always want to give props to to teams. I'm a, I'm a soccer fanatic. I I'm always gonna be for the players. I'm always gonna be supporting the players. Um, I try to be 
I try to not pick as much size as I used to. I want to be a little more, a little more neutral. Yeah, not more as much neutral. Shithousery. Yeah. So yes, yeah, <laughs> that's one thing. So so unless it's against Chivas. Against Chivas, yeah, that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's another, that's a different animal right there. And then just Chivas. And then uh, so so for me is um, looking in that aspect and seeing. I mean, just like say that. What if you know how? different could it be for for the country you know watching the country like watching the world cup with us we're going to be watching it from home or from a bar but imagine if they were in the world cup how would they be watching it you know where would they be watching it and with who would they be watching it um yeah so a lot of the stuff for me it's it's uh after i think ukraine has helped me helped me not take a lot of stuff for granted um and then it's so it's 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 a, one of those things that uh, i hope Hope everything ends up well and something gets resolved because you can only do so much harm to a nation. Yeah, I hope something good comes out of it at the end of the day. <laughs> and regardless, Ukraine did an amazing job getting that far and and playing with heart. You know, a lot of their a, a lot of their squad, uh, some of them being kind of not being active in so long, not having right. their domestic league. So just the fact that they made it that far and competed to that level and took. Uh, they took it to Wales. Honestly, they 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 attacked. Mm-hmm. They attacked more. I believe they had more shots. Um, it just it, it was one of those things where it just wasn't unfortunate. Go- it was very unfortunate. Yeah. So, I mean, Hollywood would have written the story. Ukraine would have been in the World Cup, but this isn't Hollywood. This is FIFA, and uh, we got Wales. I'm excited for Wales. Um, I'm excited for that group in particular. Mm-hmm. And we had um, a couple of other. A couple of other uh, last-minute qualifiers. Man, Peru uh, was defeated in the PKs by Australia. Now, that, this, this one really hurt. I don't know if it hurt you. Man, it hurt. I was watching it. I was actually... We're all Latino pain, gang yeah, over pain. here. Yeah, I, I, I'm... Yeah, for... Yeah, <laughs> yes, I support every Latino team that's yeah, out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, So, uh, man, just... It felt like... Like, they, they were very conservative. They were holding back. Mm. On the attack, that's what I, f- I feel like it was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they they scored. Uh, no, they didn't score a goal. They they went zero zero to zero zero to the uh, to the penalties. But it was just uh, I get the, I wish it could have been more, you know, because there there was I mean, Peru has players where they could do more. Yeah, from what I saw, like Australia essentially parked the bus. You know, yeah. it wasn't a the Socceroos as mm-hmm. they like to call them. Um, <laughs> they they didn't have a lot of football to propose. It wasn't a, a game where where Australia played amazing. It wasn't a game where where uh, Peru um, absolutely dominated. And but they Peru they have it's it, it, it's more of a football nation. So th- they they propose more of the game. But right. going to penalty kicks, it's always a coin toss. And I don't know if you saw what happened with the with the with the penalty kicks, but. Um, Australia ended up winning 5-4. Um, what was interesting is uh, some of the antics with uh, the goalkeepers. I don't know if you saw that. I, I did see the goalkeeper dancing around, but I didn't know about the antics. Yeah, first of all, <laughs> that goalkeeper became the most unlike person on the Twitter Twitter oh, universe for sure. <laughs> first because he was dancing around like a maniac. I yeah. mean, if that's your tactic, go ahead, but we're going to make fun of you. <laughs> but I think um, one thing that was pointed out um, – the the goalkeeper for Peru had a water bottle that mm-hmm. had his that had notes about how certain players would kick their penalties, mm-hmm. and 
during one of the first free kicks, one of the first penalty kicks where the Peru goalkeeper was walking to his line and the Australian keeper was walking off, the Australian goalkeeper sees this 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 um canteen, this water, mm-hmm. and he sees the notes and he grabs it and he chunks it. He throws it to the other side. Ah, oh, So the Peruvian goalkeeper yeah. was like looking for this bottle frantically mm-hmm. and uh who knows what would happen? You know, these are notes, but right. we all know that in a tense situation where you're uh, li- literally depending on anything that can give you an advantage that gets taken away, if you you don't have that mental capacity to overlook that, mm-hmm. it'll fuck with you. So I don't know if that had anything to do with him not um, blocking a single penalty kick, but it is pretty sad to hear. And it adds to the uh, super villain side of this Australian goalkeeper dancing around like a like a like, like, an, like an idiot, like, yeah, and then throwing this water bottle, like not being sportsman, like so. I mean, at, win at all costs, right? But at the same time, you're como que no, you're, no mames, you're not going to get any fans like that. So I think um, Australia, who's who's uh, what group did they go in? They're going to go in the group with France, D, Denmark, with France, Tunisia. Denmark, and Tunisia. Um, Oof. Well, good luck dancing around France. I'll tell you that. Much yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I imagine the brinquito of uh, imagine a penalty between Pulido or Neymar in this goalie, where you know Pulido does the the brinquito. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then Neymar does that step 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 step. step, step, step. Um, it's more of a dance off than a penalty kick at that. point I know, right? <laughs> so uh, now, before we go to the next group, um, who do you think is gonna Advance in Group B. I think uh, England. Okay. And my boys in blue, USA. USA. They have to advance. They have so much talent in that squad. I know that the results haven't been coming um, their way, but I know that um, that they 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 have quality quality players. Mm-hmm. That when when they want to play, when when they start touching the ball and trusting themselves and and and, and playing with confidence. They're they're dangerous, and I think they could actually, if they go into that group, con las pilas, bien puestas, yeah, they can. Pueden hacer buen papel. Not to underestimate Iran. What I don't like seeing is people super confident, like, oh yeah, we're gonna fucking kill it. Like, yeah, come on, like Iran is a good team. England is an amazing team as well. We know what England is. Wales. They're a hard ass team. They're they're not they're not a walk in the park either. So, mm-hmm. but I'm. I have more hope in USA mm-hmm. as far as our CONCACAF contenders go. Yeah, uh, it's it's weird how our side of the world has two faces: the overly confident face and that face, and you know where no mames, no vamos a ir ni 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 vamos a ir de vacaciones. So um, I, I do I do want the US to go. You know, hopefully first place and. I, I really, honestly, I don't like a lot of, like, for me, as this this group is going to have so much banter. Like, be, like say, there's going to be a lot of shit talk, um, but I want U.S. first and then Wales second. But I really would not like to see England go to the next next round. Why is that? I don't know, man. I just don't. I don't think. I, I think I think for me, England has good players, but, oh, eh, X. What did England do to you? They didn't do nothing. That's why you don't like it. You don't like the tea or what? <laughs> I, I think I've had a couple of teas, but um, no. Nah, I just I, I I want Wells to just come out and be that the dark horse in that group. You know? Yeah. You know what I think is funny about England? Mm-hmm. 
we people make fun of them because they eat beans for breakfast. But we eat, we beans, eat for beans for breakfast and it's fucking delicious. Yeah, like con their beans quesito are con sweet. Huevo. Nah, it's that's, like that's why we make fun of it. It's like like <laughs> in, there's Asian desserts with sweet beans. I'm like, no mames, we con jalapeño, tocino, y quesito, un huevito. Nah, nah, I, I I like I like English players because I watch a lot of Premier League. Right. So uh, that's, just, that's the only thing yeah. like why I would want them to see them go on because mm-hmm. I know they're a talented squad that plays that could play entertaining football. Yeah. But they have a a, a pretty a conservative um, coach in um, Southgate. Southgate, yeah, he's conservative. He doesn't he, he doesn't have that that style of play where it's where it's full on attacking and and, and, and just looks looks good mm-hmm. to my liking. So who knows who knows what's gonna happen, man. But this uh, Peru not making it to the World Cup is shitty because I know. How passionate Peruvian fans are for yeah, man. They're like some of the most passionate people I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> you know, like say, I grew up, you know, having like my perspective towards Peru changed as years went by when I got to meet more Peruvians. Yeah. And now we're we're you know di- diverting a little bit, but it's fine from the subject. But they say the best cuisine in Latin America is the Mexican and the Peruvian. Oh yeah, uh, the jalea. They they do a lot of like stuff that are tangy, you know. Um, so, yeah. I that's how I started to be more fond of them. And every Peruvian that I met, they're wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. So, for me, this one is not seeing them go to this World Cup is like, oh man, dude. Like, yeah, everybody one less party not to have. If you know any Peruvians, call on, check them up, make sure yeah. they're doing all right. Yeah, yeah. So you know, because that could have easily been. Mexico could have used it bigger. Yeah, exactly, man. We could we could have been in the spot <laughs> for real, man. Um, but so that group is France, Denmark, Tunisia, Peru. Group D. So who or goes? sorry, no, uh, Australia. Group yeah, Australia. D. Yeah. So, so, what what do you think? I think Denmark and France are gonna go. Yeah. Uh, now that Peru is not there, you know, like I don't care about that group anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what you mean, boy? You got France? Man, what you talking about? Man, just vatos, mucho. I think I think France has a good team. Um, now, World Cup contenders, World Cup contenders, favorites, World Cup favorites. Now, however, there's that syndrome. If you win a World Cup, you're not gonna do well in the next one. So that's that could be one thing that can happen. Um, yeah, it has happened in the past three World Cups. Right. So who knows? Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to the Denmark and France game. I think it's gonna be good. Mm-hmm. Um, France and Tunisia would might be a good game. Yeah, just because of the history there. But mm-hmm. I don't the really conversation and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, nah, but moving on. Group E. All right, the last qualif- qualifying match we had against Costa Rica, and New Zealand, and the game was played on Wednesday or Tuesday. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And. The, uh, Costa Rica defeated New Zealand early goal, uh, minute two, and then after that it just like the game went from like oh it's gonna be a good game to like eee! and not towards the end it got better. But I think what we're seeing these games is not necessarily the most entertaining games. Right, it's two teams that want to win at all costs. Mm-hmm. So that's why you get shit like the Australian goalkeeper being a dickhead and using anything to his advantage. Yeah. You see. People parking the bus. You see, like early goals. You see people like just wasting time, like 
You're just trying to get to that World Cup, man. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how you get there. It doesn't have to be pretty. You just get there. Just get there. Man, so. Spain, Germany, Japan. Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Costicos. Pura vida. Hey, wey. I'm pulling for Costa Rica. Costa Rica is going to be <laughs> second place. And then they're going to take out Germany. Oh, Fuck Germany. Really? No, not like, not, not, you know, like. I would, I, just, I, I would love that, but oh, it's really hard, man. You, you know, here's. This is a hard group. This, now, this is a hard group. We man. have Japan. I mean, that's another group of La Muerte, but we have Japan. Japan can always give you un, un sustito. That's what I'm saying. I think this is a group of La Muerte right here, yeah. Group E. Yeah, I would say. Um, look at that. Look at I that. mean, Costa Rica can, if they've done it in the, in the past, I'm pretty sure, bien centrados, they can do it again. Um, yeah. So I, I would say for me, it's going to be Costa Rica and Spain going to the next round. And, you know, with all due respect, I don't think Germany's going to make it to the next round, but they're probably going to end up winning the World Cup. But that's oh, a tough one, man. Oh, man, I know. Yeah, I think Spain and, I think Spain and Germany can are going to pull through this. Hey, Cascante, ponte las pilas, Vato, and you might get a chance. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's our stud, but he's our, he's our knows, hope. To have someone in the World Cup. <laughs> everything falls on Cascante now. Nah, man, but any of the groups you want to talk about? Let's mention, let's talk about Mexico's group. How do you feel about Mexico? Same as they're going to go beat. You feel the same? Same. Same as when? Last time we talked. I feel worse. Nah, so <laughs> I, I I could feel worse. <laughs> but the thing is, like, like, Mexican players are so spoiled that... They're like USA players. I mean, now one of them, they just don't care, and the other ones are too overly confident. But, sorry, if you look at it, I mean, Mexico knows how to play the group group phase. Who who are they playing in the group phase? Argentina. Argentina. Polonia. Polonia. And who's the last one that we should not forget about? Uh, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. So, I I got a feeling we're gonna tie with Argentina. We're gonna. I got a feeling we're gonna tie. I don't know, so man. so. I, have you seen Argentina play recently? Oh yeah. I mean, it same happened with Brazil in 2014, and then same happened with Germany. Uh, Look, like Germany, like Mexico's Mexico was the reason why Germany had a bad World Cup like the last time. For for Mexico to to go on, and for them for them to get that result against Argentina. Mm-hmm. Memo Troy has to have a legendary match, which can happen. He does that exactly, a lot, right? But you're asking for another miracle, which right? In, in Memo, I trust. <laughs> like and, say, and, and 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 then you're asking for the def- for the for the defense to contain mm-hmm. that crazy attack with Messi. But here's Dybala, here's Di Maria, the, the, Di one, Maria, the, the dude, one thing. Di Maria coming up the coming up the 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 carriles with with like our fucking shitty. Uh, este, ya sea este Jorge Sanchez and ¿cómo se llama? Arteaga or something. Arte, Arteaga. <laughs> no, the, the, but here's here's the one thing, dude. It's like like Messi, the first the group face no se ve, and it could happen where and Mexico comes enchufados and they come focused they can literally make make it to where there's a one one you know game or two to two game yeah um however that's only gonna happen if chicharito goes to the world cup Uh, chicharito in the world cup 
I would love to see him there. I don't think it'll have that much of an effect. So now there's gonna be a. It, the thing is, like this, these players are a lot about emotions, right? So that's why the the emotion of the motivation once they get in the in the in the World Cup is gonna be like for them their mentality changes, and they're gonna make you think like, oh man, we're gonna take it after they you know they play a good game against Argentina. Now. It, it's not a fact that, like, say, you can beat Argentina, you can tie Argentina. Is what happens with the other two teams when you play Poland and when you play uh, uh, Saudi Arabia? Because in the past, we only focused and we only, we only want to beat the, the stronger team, but we don't care about the, the rest. For example, in 2006, we, we did a pretty good, okay job against Portugal. We lost two to one. We tied. We we we, we beat Iran, mm-hmm. and then we didn't not pay. We did not pay attention to Uruguay, and then we lost to Uruguay. So in two thousand six, two thousand six, two thousand ten, we we beat um, este France. We tied with Saudi Saudi South Africa. Mm-hmm. And no, that's that's a World Cup we we lost against Uruguay in 2006. We I'm trying to remember which who 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 do we play that we ended up tying against uh, Angola. Angola. We didn't care about Angola, and we became overconfident. They were like, "Oh, we're gonna win," and then there goes a zero zero tie. Yeah. So then <coughs> now you look at the 2014. I mean, that was for me. That's probably one of the best group performances I've seen them play. We beat Cameroon, we beat Croatia, and we tied. Brazil, um, and with no hope of them doing anything, they ended up doing well. 2018, we go with we beat Germany, mm-hmm. we beat South Korea, Zenosube, but then we forgot about Sweden. So Mexico's a very we're so like like the Mexican team is kind of like the Mexican economy, very unstable. You could be very good, but it can also go to shit. It has scored any goals, Richie. Like, yeah. arriba. Midfield looks sluggish. Some defensive errors. I'm just not excited about this Mexico team. I see. I, ho- I hope they prove me wrong. But if if everybody had the mentality of a, of a Marcelo Flores, just how he goes in and mm-hmm. lo muestra algo diferente, he plays with the energy, with... That passion, he 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 missed a PK, but he, he I think he even cried about it. But like that just shows how how invested he is. Yeah. In the game, you have someone like Diego Linus coming off the bench. I'm not a huge Diego Linus fan, but I know that when that motherfucker comes in, he, he wants to do something different. <laughs> he wants to do something yeah. different, and that's, that's what thing, uh, that's the thing. Like that, that's when the ESPN Deportes they mentioned him. Like, yeah, hey, you know, he's not playing, but he he does something different, and he should be in the in the World Cup. That's the thing, man. Like he's uh, out there, he's not playing, but he's competing. Yeah. In, in his club, he's not getting those minutes, but when he comes here, he comes ready for action. So who knows, man? But <clears throat> one thing I'll say about Messi, just kind of ch- turning back to Argentina, I think they're one of the World Cup favorites. <clears throat> and it's the first time Messi is more comfortable playing for his national team than and his club. In the past, yeah. Usually he's always been more comfortable club mm-hmm. than national team. So this is his first time he can flip it around. Mm-hmm. Might be his last World Cup. And he's finally looking around and he has the pieces to win that he needs before he was all he mm-hmm. he gives he 
so many great passes, so many good assists. Mm-hmm. define. Now we got this uh, Martinez striker, Lauro Martinez, I believe is his name. Lautaro. Lautaro. Yeah. This motherfucker is killing yeah. it. Yeah. He's a killer, dude. He, he doesn't have a the Higuain. Nah. Tevez or Cunaguero. <laughs> he's he's a. Uh, he's got someone that's hungry and that's yeah. scoring goals. Um, and he's got quality coming off the bench. He's got a solid defense. You know, I. They they could be scary. They could be scary, and hopefully, Mexico proves me wrong. But um, man, we'll see, bro. Dude, <laughs> they're say they're se van a enchufar. Here's what I I can see happening. Uh, Richie from uh, November 2022 just came and told me yesterday, and nothing happened. You know, I didn't smoke anything. Don't worry, or I, I didn't I didn't drink anything crazy. No, but you know what was gonna what can happen is we can see um. Argentina, like say for example, what happened with Spain in 2010 when they, they I believe they lost the first game, and then after that, pasaron el grupo motivados, and then they became the champions. I got a feeling Argentina is gonna struggle in the first game because yes, they're confident, they're you know they're Messi feels a lot more. Como que está más encajado con los jugadores que antes. But there's that first game syndrome for some teams like Argentina que no se encuentran. Especially yeah. if you have a team that, like, Mexico could just play, like, the dirtiest game towards them. Like, Tata Martínez Argentina. So he knows how a lot of these players have, know how like, they play because he coached them in the past. So he knows where the weaknesses can be. Mm. And if you tell, I mean, if you tell something like Diego Lainez, Lainez Bay, all your job is going to be in the field is going to be to make Messi uncomfortable. You and Arteaga, just pull his, you know, throw him off, throw him off, separate him, separate him, separalo, separalo, and make him just be isolated. Because I, I feel like Argentina's, team now depends on Messi not like in the past it wasn't as much as how it is right now because Messi I feel like is the one that glues everyone together but the whole point is going to be to where they isolate him and then they take advantage of that situation I'm scared for when you see Messi coming down on the counterattack or Di Maria or Roselso or like mm-hmm. you got some quality players man we'll, we'll see what's going to happen I you're hopeful I'm not so hopeful. I'm trying to be more realistic. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's still going to hurt me. I'm still going to watch the games. I'm still going to be uh, fully invested into Mexico. Like, I always support Mexico. Yeah. I just, for, for the first time in, I believe, like, my World Cup Ever. life, that I'm like, I've been ah, in this situation. I'm like, yeah, I already know this guy. I, I don't, I don't, think, gonna I don't think they're going to make yeah. it. In this group, I think Argentina and Poland are going to go through. Hopefully, I'm wrong. No, nah, I think... Dude, like you're gonna have these guys that have not done shit for a while come <laughs> through and play like they they play the game of their life because a lot of these guys can do it. They just don't want to do it. I mean, that's just, that is it is that's just it. You know, they're so spoiled. Um, so so another need one now. You know, they're gonna come. They're gonna surprise a lot of people. Watch. I hope so. Uh, well, looking forward to 2026. I. I'm actually setting my sight more f- forward to that World Cup. <laughs> this one. 
Because it's going to be amazing. It's going to be hosted here in North America, baby. Let's yes. go. Yes, North America. Yes. That's, you know, like not only like America. It's going to be in the uh, in the American continent. There you go. And America is not a country. It's the continent. Okay. So, right. so who we got? The World Cup was announced today. Uh, this not the World Cup. The the site selections. So, let's let's start, talk start about off, starting off with Canada. Canada is going to be Vancouver and so, Toronto. Toronto. Uh, Toronto's feel that Toronto Stadium is only thirty thousand people. They're expanding it to twenty four. Okay, forty five thousand okay. for the tournament. So well, we that's got good. some improvements to do. And then Mexico, El Azteca, the historical stadium, the cathedral, that the monumental. I I not 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 to be biased, but I feel like the final should have been played there, or at least the inaugural game, because you know how much history this World Cup is going to carry if we have. Three finals in the same stadium mm. after 1970, all the way up to 2022. That's 52 years. Yeah. So it's, I hope, I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but I really hope that it could be planned where the final can be at the Azteca or at least the inaugural game. Um, there's going to be Monterrey and BBVA. That's a beautiful stadium. Amazing stadium. Captures a perfect. Picturesque mountains in the back of Monterrey, capacity fifty three thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, the other stadium, Estadio Akron in Guadalajara, mm-hmm. capacity for forty nine thousand eight fifty. Uh, very beautiful, very great modern stadium. Have you been to it? I have not been to it. Yes, Chiva Ignacio. No man. I've been to Jalisco. Jalisco, yeah. That's a, that's I haven't a, been to. Yeah. I haven't been fortunate enough to go to. Stay to watch the game. And the thing is, both stadiums, all three of the stadiums are ready to host a game. Well, I think Mexico ever. City, Estadio Azteca has some improvements to do. Yeah, yeah. They're going to close it down for three years, and they're going to improve the shit out of it. Um, <laughs> they're going to literally redo, like, a makeover of a makeover. Uh, now, hopefully, they get it right, because the last time they, they switched something, it went bad to where the MLS... M- NFL game was canceled last minute because of the the field right. conditions, and they booked a bunch of concerts in that time. So they're gonna pimp my stadium. They're gonna have to pimp the stadium, man. I mean, they have to. Hopefully, <laughs> the logistics and everything goes well. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. I, I, I'm for me. Yes, I've been to the Azteca before, and it's just it has a different vibe. Like it's uh, it's one of those stadiums in the world where I'm not. I haven't been to any other stadium in the world, but when you walk in there, it's just differently. Um, I feel you on that. I've heard, I've read a lot of stories about it. I've it's a historical historical place in in the, in, in the canon of football. Uh, we've had the likes. It's had the likes of Pelé, Maradona, to name a few legends. Right now, it's going to have potentially the likes of Messi, Ronaldo, whoever else. Hey man, new legends. I mean, if they continue to take care of themselves, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um. So that's, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to see the World Cup back in Mexico. For sure. All right, and moving on. US, USA. Uh, New Jersey, the, Met, the New York, New Jersey, the MetLife. That's 82,000. Uh, the AT&T Stadium in Dallas, 80,000. But it can be up to 105 if it expands. Oh, it's exp- oh shit. 105. It's huge, man. Um, Jerry World. You know, the one I'm surprised with is Kansas City, the Arrowhead Stadium. It's big, 76,000, but I'm like... Why are you going to have a game in Kansas? Why you don't have it in Las Vegas, like the new Allegiance? Right. Um, I know a lot of, I saw a lot of D.C. fans pretty bummed out that they didn't have a, fi- they didn't have a 
uh, stadium. Stadium. Or a, a choice for the World Cup. And then the one stadium that was a couple of blocks away from where I used to live, the NRG is going to be hosting hey. a game. Uh, NRG. Houston, congratulations. You got that retractable roof, man. Our Just stadiums uh, can let the top down. There you go. <laughs> uh, Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta. That That's a very, for me, I've never been there, but hopefully I get to go one day. I hear, it's, I hear it's a really nice environment. It's a really great stadium, really great f- football environment. You can go but up to 83,000, I believe. Yes, sir. Um, Los Angeles SoFi Stadium. Is, is back in L.A., the World Cup. Expandable to 100,000. Yeah, man. Shit. The new is a new one in Ingle, Inglewood. Inglewood. Yeah, I uh, then we have the Lincoln Financial Field that is in Philadelphia. That's sixty nine, you know, give or take. And then nice. That's, that's only you know, <laughs> just for everybody to know sixty nine. It is always a good night. <laughs> uh, Seattle, the Lumen Field. I really like this one right here. I like, I like, I like. Usually, I like a lot of the stadiums that we have. It's uh like say this state this stadium right here is pretty underrated, um soccer wise, mm. but the atmosphere from what I hear it's in Seattle with the Sounders is badass so well deserved. Um, the San Francisco Bay Area Levi Stadium, mm. that's in Santa Clara, California. Nice. And then Gillette in San Francisco, Foxborough. That's actually. Boston, did, Gillette, in Boston. Boston. Yeah, did this stadium host a World Cup game in the past? I'm not sure, man. I have to look back on that. I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure if they did. They could have. Um, it's uh, in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. It's got a 70,000 capacity. I think that's where um, the Patriots play, right? Yeah. And then, the last but not least, uh, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Yeah. I'd actually, I've been to the stadium before, and it's uh, very... Premier League style stadium, like European style. Did you see them announcing what cities was they were going to host at? I believe it was like a FIFA um, telecast. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I missed it. I didn't get to watch it, but they were they they did a telecast and they were they were showing. I just where. saw one little clip where the there was like Infantino and this this uh, lady reporter or lady uh, host, and she was like, "Oh, Miami." Can't wait to have mojitos there. Mojitos. She's all excited <laughs> about the mojitos, but it, it's it's interesting to see FIFA makes everything an event. Yeah. And them announcing what cities. So here's the one thing in that stadium. Um, it's I mean, like any other. It's like say very similar to uh, Arlington. Mm-hmm. They're all they're all not downtown, so it's kind of hard to get there. You know, to to drive through traffic and stuff. So hopefully, a lot of the infrastructure can get fixed mm-hmm. because. It's it's one of those things that you know it, they they gotta have some pl- public transportation improvements for cities that don't really have it. Yeah. Um. That's that's all I I would say. I think any any stadium that really has it right now, they their fan bases and and what they show. I mean, anytime you see a game in this stadiums, it's always seems like a, a good time. Mm. Um. I wish the the new stadium in Vegas would have been in there. Cause that that would have been a badass, you know, having Darth Vader the stadium just in the World Cup. Um, DC is not gonna have it. Um, Tennessee also wasn't a bid for for a spot. Yeah, Nashville. Nashville. Yeah, and I can't think of any other. But Q two, Q two. You know what? One day, dude. Hey, you know here's here's the one thing. 
during the the World Cup, a lot of the teams play friendly games. So hopefully we can get a you know a, a friendly game here. Un Peru contra este New Zealand. <laughs> that so, game that game wouldn't be so friendly. That would be, I don't yeah. think so. So uh, hopefully we you know we get a, a friendly game here. Yeah. I mean, we get we'll get a chance to have some kind of Either love. Either way, man, we're super excited about the World Cup here in 2026. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they're going to start selling whatever they can as yeah. soon as they can. And it's just going to be a frenzy. Um, which which uh, stadium would you be like, okay, I'm going to go there no matter what? Ideally, El, El Azteca. El Azteca. Just to, just to go, man. But... The one in Houston, obviously, I'm gonna go down, no, no matter street, what. Yeah, and the one in Dallas, I'm yeah, I'll probably hours go away. there no matter what. Yeah, um, I'm just gonna take my PTO right now. There you just go. reserve it and be like four years. I'm gonna start putting <laughs> ten uh, uh, ten bucks in my account I'm off, every day. I'm off this entire month. Nah. Está. Now we're we're super excited. Hopefully, this does a, a great great thing for for the for the game of football mm-hmm. to, in this country. And I think uh, some things we're gonna get into a little bit later. You know. I think the U.S. is doing a lot of things both domestically and kind of in this international spotlight to promote the game and try to improve it and bring it to a broader audience and, and cr- make it truly be uh, one of the major sports. Um, and I think we're this close to knocking hockey hockey out hockey out of the way. And uh, baseball uh, could be, you know. No offense to, to my hockey fans. But, uh, it's just, but, I mean, it's a beautiful game, man. Like... The thing is, the the growth of soccer in the U.S. is inevitable because of the diversity that we have in this country. Yeah. And then because, like, say, white people are also watching it, and they're enjoying it. And they actually, the ML, like the MLS has become the league that people are actually starting to watch more and more. And people talk about it more and more compared to 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, now you hear people talk about the games like, oh, Montreal against Nashville. It's a badass game. I'm watching it right now. Mm. You get to know more of the players. So, of course, that's going to bring more attention. Um, For sure. I think the MLS, as as the core of every every team, it's doing a great job at, at giving every team the exposure they deserve. Um, and that's good. It's good. So, hopefully, we continue to see that growth go the right way yes sir and with that we're gonna go into the austin fc man adversities uh, in the pitch adversities uh the ones that are not having a good time right now are stewart uh maxi ruti nick lima rink comanage um just to name a few stewart eight goals between friendlies and a regular season go a game um i I, I hope you know we we can we can learn from what happened in Pachuca because mm-hmm. I, I feel like that the yes it's a friendly you're gonna try stuff out but I I didn't believe the team went in with the seriousness that you needed to do to play a team like Pachuca because Pachuca's was the you know the runner for the last season. And they, they were, they, they, I don't feel like there was enough focus on it. And it was just a, okay, let's play it and get it out of the way type of thing. Yeah. Four goals and one half. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of goals to eat for Brad Stuver and the team. Mm-hmm. Um, it hurts. And if these guys are having a, a, a rough, a rough patch, whether it be 
professional or personal problems, mm-hmm. I hope that they can look at it with the mentality of a of a goldfish. You know, like they're the happiest animals because they can just forget things immediately. Right, right. Live a happy life, <laughs> but like. We know the quality that Brad Stuber can produce. Mm-hmm. We know the quality that, that Maxi can produce. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Lima started off a little bit more consistent. He's been slacking. Alex Ring, he's having personal issues yeah. that he dealt with family-wise with his grandpa passing away. Now, But now that he has been given that time to go and take care of his family and come back, Kolmanich having a rough patch as well. I, I just Everybody has a different case. Some 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 players with complete inactivity, you know, like Romagna, I believe, got his first minutes. Romagna came in, back in in a long time, and Chite played a little more. Yeah, like um, we also had Asensio. It's tough. It, it it's tough having a a a whole month. What was it? The whole month of uh, of uh, May coming into June. With you were off three weeks almost. Yeah, off three weeks coming off a. Of, string of bad results mm-hmm. the hardest thing is to flip the switch and and turn turn the game around but this game against Montreal Mon- Montreal is a great chance to bounce back mm-hmm. it's a team that uh comes at a very similar place in the eastern conference mm-hmm. uh standing wise it's a team that gets scored on a lot but scores a lot of goals mm-hmm. so that tells us that we're gonna have the opportunity to score but mm-hmm. we also have to be on our shit defensively yeah. so um my man Cascante and Gabrielson, I hope steps up to the plate yeah, yeah. with his leadership and um, defensive defensive performances and just really kind of holds this team together. Like that's an Alex Ring man. He's our captain. He needs to do what a captain what a captain should do. You, you know what I think we can do? Um, we can keep Wolf in the field, start a game. He's been doing pretty good. We can. Just for this game, we can bring Alex Ring to the bench and let Martins play with Estadani Pereira um, or Valencia. But Valencia's I, hurt. Valencia's hurt. This is recent. I just found oh, out. Shit. I think he's got like a knee knee issue. Oh, bro. Yeah. That sucks. It, it kind of yeah. takes a little bit of our depth, so I don't think that um, Ring would come out if Valencia is, is hurt. Yeah, so now, now yeah, you're, that changes my thought. Yeah. So now, yeah. hey, Ring, it's you know, we, we wish you the best and we wish you can bounce back. Bounce back. <laughs> Richard was setting him to the bench and I was uh, like, oh, uh, never mind. No, no I was, so I was, uh, the reason why I was saying, like, send him to the bench um, so he can sit back and analyze the game. Yeah. So he can a- analyze what's going on and then come in with a completely different perspective because sometimes, when a player is going through a rough patch, you sit him down, you let him reassess his reset, like everything that has to do with how he's going to perform. And when he's in a pitch, he already knows where he's queso. And, you know, he's going to try to go to that, that place. Um, so hopefully that can happen in the future where he doesn't start and he can just be able to visualize and study the, the game more. Mm-hmm. Because... When you start the game, it's a lot different than when you're benched. And it's okay if he's benched. I mean, he's our DP, but it's fine. Um, now, one question is, we've had a pretty rough patch recently. Cecilio Dominguez's name is is continuing to be brought up. Yes. Do you think it's a good idea to, okay, you know what, bring him back, 
and make him do anything possible to where he can reconcile with the fan base? Or should we just, no, like keep him, you know, out of sight? No, I think the relationship with the with supporter groups, at least, is severed. I think that, for the most part, based on the statements that they've made, that relationship it won't get it won't get any better. Mm-hmm. Club wise, I think they they need to give give him some type of minutes or something, mm-hmm. if he is at the condition to play. Because you're not just going to keep him on your your squad, right? You need to show him out to 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 maybe get interest from other clubs to pick him up. Um, Otherwise, you're, you're going to end up losing financially. Either way, it's the club is fucked with the whole Cecilio thing. Unfortunately, right. there, there's no good way to go about it. No one's you're going to piss you're going to piss people off no matter what. Um, yes, you're going to piss people <coughs> off for not playing them, and we, you know, right, fuck but, fuck it up financially. But you're also going to piss people off coming in and play. Um, I think I think it's it's at the end of the day it. I don't agree with this decision, but I think you should bring him in because he's still part of the team. Uh, let him play. Let him, like you said, show up and do what he can and then loan him out or, you know, sell him out or, or whatever. It's possible to be done in his contract. Um, but it's just, there has to be a decision. Right. That right. That's, that's because... Oh, another thing, sorry. Don't mean to cut you off, Richie, but I think there were some how dare you <laughs> s- some issues with um, Danny Pereira actually going to Canada, right? Yeah, yeah. So he that, that puts us in a more difficult spot in another, the midfield. Yeah. The midfield is kind of in a, in a difficult spot right now. So yeah, you're right. And like, and I was just thinking like Danny can be starting, but hey, man, this is where I so in in that case, Cecilio might out of necessity have to go. It has to go. Yeah, because some people are gonna have to fill in the spots. I mean, I know he plays a wing, a yeah. winger, but still. I mean, you can always bring Diego inside in the midfield but I know. yeah i i would say it's it's a tough situation um right now and this also goes down to immigration reform we need it asap you know people like danny pereira that you can always tell he's doing good things as a public figure give him the green card mm. uh, that's that's why uh it's it's People like Danny Pereira, I mean, he's one particular case, right? But then there's many, like many cases that are a little more in the ordinary, like lifestyle, where they've earned that, right? That you know, pathway where they still have to pay a price financially, but you've done what you can and pay your dues to, to society. Um, hopefully, hopefully that gets resolved. But yeah, man, that's, the Danny Pereira's part is it's tough. If he doesn't go. So with this game in Mon- Montreal uh, coming up this weekend, we're going to see, we're going to see if the team really, really took this time off. I, I mean, I mean, I saw a lot of unwinding. I saw a lot of good times, you know, a lot of times on Lake Travis out on the boat, you know, having a great time. That's good. Yeah. Recharge your batteries. But we're going to see this weekend if they're bouncing back, man. Cause if it, it to me, this is like almost like a must-win game just to to get to, to set set the set the, the the boat back on course, man. <laughs> You're right because the next game is going to be Dallas. Yeah, and that that I mean, you got to be when you play Dallas. I mean, every game you have to be ready, right? But by the time you get to where you're playing Dallas, like you already know like what's going to happen. Um, 
If you get blown Especially out of this game with with Dallas's forwards, they're yeah. co- they're coming fire, Ferreira. dude. They're coming fire. Arriola, Ferreira. They're they're uh, they're. I would say this is the game where where our we need, we need to pull together and and uh, like I. They they asked me earlier like uh, the caption on the on the post for La Murga. I uh, told them, uh, man, you just put something like. No nos repite conmigo, no nos vamos a vencer, no nos damos por vencidos. Yeah. I mean, that, that's how it is. I mean, this is the time where we, as fans, uh, we have to pull for our, for our people, and our people is their players. Right. And I'm always going to pull for this squad, man. Yeah, yeah, we have and to. And jumping back, just rewinding a little bit, at, with, with, with Mexico's national team, mm-hmm. I will always root for them, and I always want them to win. I was just being realistic earlier. Yeah, it's all good, man. <laughs> hey, I'm, I get mad at them. No, I get pissed at them, but I know how do you feel. I, no me estoy dando por vencido. Yeah. But if I, on paper, this is what, yeah. this is what I see. So. I, I look at it like, hey, cabrón, you got potential. <laughs> hey, may help me help you. <laughs> um, nah, so, man. So, well, so, uh, no, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, go ahead. But uh, now, the one thing that the team is actually doing, uh, the cultura part, um, we're gonna dedicate it to to Austin FC because they've been actually doing a lot more stuff to connect with the people, connect with the fans. So yeah, we have to do a technical stop. Um, but yeah, going back to we're in the cultura part, and yeah, the the team is Austin FC. You know, we're gonna dedicate this section to them because they've actually been um, doing a bit more to connect with. The fans and also connect with like the Latino. Um, so the first thing is they had a meet and greet mm-hmm. event where several players were stationed. Um, so you can get a picture or a signature. So a lot of the players, I mean, they're they're very how do you say like approachable. They're not like superstars or divas that no me toques nada. So uh, each player that you met or, you know, everyone you even I've met some of them personally said hi to them. And for the most part, they're all very, um, they're, they're very like not nice, but they're good people. And then they're not assholes. I mean, they, they try to say hi to everyone as, as much as they can, uh, and acknowledge when you say hi to them. So it was good. Um, the one, the one thing that I would say a couple of things is just, Maybe making the event earlier so where people that are in line to get like a, a picture or signature from Trusi, they get a chance because they had to cut that one off because it was long. Um, sorry, but I ran into Alexis and it's the Chelsea. Oh, so my brother and sister in law. And I saw a baby Maya, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. And I, and I told them the only individual I wanted to take a picture with was baby Maya. And I'm over here taking a picture with her. <laughs> They're in Los Verdes and stuff. Future uh, U.S. women's national team player. Uh. <laughs> or we could be, you know, like maybe she's good enough that she can go play for Puerto Rico or Mexico. Is uh, Alexis Mexican? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she got that, she'll get that dual, the dual. dual nationality. <laughs> They'll be fighting over her. <laughs> so that's badass, dude. Uh, so that's good. Um, that's cool you ran into them. Yeah, they, went, they, they told me it was a very family, f- well, it was a great event. Uh, they took their their month, oh, s- several months old daughter, and and it was great. They had a great time. They took pictures with her and and, and the coach, El Gaffer, El, and Josh Wolf, El Wolf, El, and, El Lobo, <laughs> El Lobo, um, and many other players. But I could just imagine 
Um, from now on, look, sorry to interrupt. From now on, we're going to refer to Josh Wolf as El Lobo. El Lobo. <laughs> Just then, imagine, like, years from now, uh, like, b- children that were there yeah. will look back and say, oh, my gosh, I was there mm-hmm. taking pictures with, like, the Austin FC players. squad players and yeah. team. Who knows, man? Who knows what legends? We're, we're growing the legend over here, and... Uh, that 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 includes everybody, it includes the community, and includes family. So, whenever you hear Austin FC is doing events like this, it, it's it's so good to hear because you know they're putting their their uh, their actions. It's not just their words; it's their actions. They're putting their money where their mouth is, right? Yeah, and it's not every organ. So I'm going uh, before I go into the the uh, like the the other part of this cultura section. Not every organization is gonna be perfect. Um, Austin FC is still second year, you know, fully running with people. There's always going to be something to learn from it. We we can't just be mad at every single thing. Um, we have to enjoy what we can, and yeah. we, whenever it needs to be fixed, we can fix it. Uh, now, going going to another thing that happened, which actually Mas Cultura helped bridge that, you know, that connection, was Johnny Colunga. Um, he's known for, as being... Uh, in the lower right culture in the East Austin, uh, he was he did a heartbeat. So that shows some representation in the game before Pachuca. Um, he beat the he beat the drum. He beat did, the drum. Did the heartbeat in the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. That's tight. So that, that's pretty cool. Um, for for every Hispanic, every not Hispanic, but especially like for every Mexican out there that has been looking for that representation. To finally see it, where you see the Mexican. I mean, you, we've seen it in the past when Tigres and Atlas came, but this one was Yoni Kalunga being there doing it, um, and then a nonprofit probably helped the the connection, you know, between the team and and Johnny Kalunga, which was Mas Cultura. That's a that's a very good thing that that talks about the intentions that are trying to be done. Uh, they're trying to cover every every space available, and and. You know, give give people the chance to connect with the team as well. So, who would I mean? Now, here's the one thing I don't know if I've seen it in other places. Maybe in LA, yes. But have we ever seen someone that represents the Lodorado culture do the drum beat in a stadium before a game? Yeah, I don't never. know. It's a good question. It's, yeah, ne- never. So I don't know if never or not. But I mean, it's it's we don't know if it's happened or not. But the fact that it happened to us is something you know very appreciative and and a very good. You know, right. like gesture from the from the club. Yeah, bring bringing in real people that are active in in their communities, especially you know the Austin Latino communities, as in this case, it's nice to see, and it it, it shows a little bit of the ethos of of what Austin FC is. You know, we're growing that legend, we're uh, uplifting our our communities and so celebrating that for for what it is. And in this game, being a, a, a friendly against a Mexican a Mexican uh, domestic team. Bringing in somebody from from the same culture mm-hmm. to be the heartbeat was only symbolic of that that union between U.S. and Mexico and kind of being here and having this like pretty pretty great friendly opportunity and it even went beyond that um, with uh, the uh, national anthem. You were there, Richie. Talk, talk Man, to us about. So uh, it's the second time that I've seen. It. I don't know if she did it against Atlas, but uh, Leslie Reynaga. Uh, she performed the national anthem for Mexico and for the U.S. And I tell you what, I, so doing one national anthem in a cappella is already hard enough because you can forget the words. You can 
slip up and you know be offbeat. We've seen it several times. However, Leslie Leslie's delivery of both national anthems it was amazing, flawless. Um, and 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 then from she's gonna actually gonna record with us in July. So she she agreed and uh, it's gonna be the the second week of July. So the episode with her is gonna be released um, mid July. Um, and and one one thing that I I notice is just when you hear someone sing the national anthem for two countries in the same place and full of people that you know like for that moment everybody felt like you were you're part of this right here it it, it felt like like I said with Leslie's background you know how she became a citizen and she's gonna she's talked about that it's very. It's very representative of the current culture that we have in Austin, specifically. Um, having someone like Leslie perform the national anthems the way she did, not messing up, it was it was good. That shows that there's care, and that shows that the team is wanting to to maybe maybe it's not going to be all the time, but do something about connecting with the fans especially the the mexican culture because that's the one culture that they a lot of people feel disconnected from so just having that right there shows a glimpse of what's going to happen if we get a mexican player here Um, yeah it's it's an interesting conversation man i know that it's you know the the organization as a whole does what they can or the most they can do to to try to connect to our communities Mm -hmm. um but I know that when it comes to getting getting certain players, for example, in this case, a Mexican player, <clears throat> there's a lot of other things to consider with like with wages and mm-hmm. with like capacity for a team. And we're like such a new team, designated players. There's like a lot of things to consider. Like, so what I'm trying to get at is, I find more value in like these community things and engagement that that Austin FC is doing right now. Right versus them, in the beginning, just getting a a high dollar Mexican player, and then not having a a squad that like had as much depth. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would love eventually for Austin FC to get that um, get, get get have a Mexican player, a quality mm-hmm. quality player. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. But I can see why at this moment that's not the case. And I, th- I think not not being the case is it's fine. Because the the club is showing like this right here. It, it's um like you were saying, you're going to the legend, and the legend that we have from soccer in Austin. I mean, it's it's rooted within the Hispanic culture and more so the the Mexican culture. So mm-hmm. when you bring that to to you know to La Raza to us, that that's very appreciative. And For sure. And I think when you do it with someone that that uh, actually has a true like immigrant ex- like experience from Monterrey, and then she gets her green card, that's I mean that adds more to the like the cherry on top of the cake, you know that that gives it like faltaba un poquito más para que esté bueno y está. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Leslie Reynaga. We can't wait to have her in the in the in the studio and. And record an episode with her and get to know her story and bring it to bring it to our audience a little bit more, man. But um, I'm yeah. glad you were there and I go, I'm glad you got to experience that, Richie. Yeah, man, it was cool. I mean, we lost, but 
just seeing that is kind of like <laughs> that was a silver lining <laughs> but however uh leslie's also going to be performing at the 2020 uh this year's AC, uh acl Ooh. so she's in the lineup dude that's badass that is right. really cool dude so wow, uh, i mean that just goes to show the, the caliber of artist she is man i can't wait to hear to hear about her work and what she's up to and especially leading up to that 2022 acl that i know a lot of people are excited for right right uh, so hopefully when she comes, she can perform a song. Uh, we're going to be doing everything possible from our side <laughs> to get stuff ready so she can do it. Yeah. So let's, we're going to pitch that idea to her. But um, now we're going to go into the uh, life uh, part of the ep- the episode. And we're going to dedicate this one to our our parents because El Dia de los Padres and or Father's Day is going to be this weekend. Um. We're gonna go. We're gonna share stories about our fathers, um, more so stories that you feel like, man, dude, like this one is so meaningful because it, it kind of, I, I, I remember it and it was it was so cool that I got to spend like this moment with my dad. So, mm-hmm. um, do you have something in mind? I have, I, dude. I, <laughs> me and my dad spent a lot of time together growing up, mostly centered around the beautiful game, football. Okay. Um, so I have so many memories of him, like showing me how to touch the ball, how to how to kick it with like con efecto, with tres dedos, how to head the ball. My father, when he played, um, Jorge Senior, he he was a, a a great finisher. He was a he was a forward. So his specialty was uh, finishing in the air, like cabezazos. Okay. So that's one of the things he taught me how to head the ball, and that's. If you've ever played with me, that's like one of my favorite things to do, and I owe it a lot to my dad. <laughs> nah, so because every time I play defense against you, I know for sure that's the one part where I cannot beat you. <laughs> yeah, <That's Don> Jorge. <laughs> yeah, and I guess essentially what my my, my dad, I, the biggest two things I learned from him yeah. was um, just that physicality had to be had to be strong. He always had the saying, "You got to be fuerte como un toro." Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like how I do a lot of things. I, I try to be the strongest person okay. there. Yeah. Um, whether it be physically or mentally. Mm-hmm. But another thing you taught me is um, uh, whatever you do, be your best at it. Mm-hmm. Like be the best. Like don't, don't just, don't just do something to go through the motions. Like really put your heart and soul into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and apart from that, man, I have some memories of, of just like, Playing basketball with him. Basketball is my second favorite sport. Okay. So we would always play a little pickup one-on-one and just having that time that I started growing up and eventually his body and my body like started becoming almost equal. And eventually I started to, to, to win those pickup games. Uh-huh. But now it, it, just just going back and seeing those memories is like uh, those are special times, man. And and going to NRG Stadium, like we were talking about earlier, Houston, watching – La Selección play, Mexico play, uh-huh. tons of great memories. Um, him coming to, like, uh, taking me to every every tournament, every game I played when I, when I was doing club, mm-hmm. sometimes traveling, you know, five, six hours, eight hours per week just to get me to go where I needed to go. Mm-hmm. Um, all those little things, man, uh, that, that I, all that time is, is something that is special and that I, that I will always hold in my heart as um, – a great moment, and I guess now as like a, I'm a, I'm a 31 I'm a 31 year old man. I look at I look at my dad. He's 
you know, there's stages of life. And now I look at the stage of where he is at, like at a, in a position where he has to look after his, his health a little bit more. And yeah. just seeing him go back instead of, you know, doing the easy thing, sit on the couch every day and watch TV. He's like, uh, starting to go to the gym, starting to swim. He's a, uh, he, he loves swimming. Yeah. And he finally got that gym membership at the Y and he's, he's swimming three times a week. He's like sending me selfies and stuff. That gets me really happy, and I'm really proud of him for uh, for for like taking care of his health and stepping up to to play when it when it matters. Because we, I want him around for a long time. My, all my family wants him around for a long time. And if you've ever met my dad, he's very happy, kind of go lucky, and and kind of goofy. You know, he doesn't take anything too seriously. Like any adversity, any tough time, he kind of laughs about it. Yeah. Last thing. Being from Houston, you get hit with a lot of hurricanes, a lot of floods, <laughs> and our house is no exception. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the things I'll never forget is uh, when we were hit with these, like, literally water in our house, mm-hmm. uh, we'd be taking pictures for insurance purposes or whatever. My dad would be in the picture just, like, smiling and shit, like, look at this, look at this. I, sur- mm-hmm. I survived Hurricane Ike. I survived. Yo soy Lord God. And uh, he just had this attitude about him that even in a in a disaster, he can manage to... Just be happy that he's alive. Yeah. And I think that that is something that me, my brother, my sister, and anyone that's that's spent time with him kind of takes away from him. So shout out to my pops, Jorge. Don Jorge, saludos. My dad. Love you, dad. Cheers. Another junior, right? I'm a junior right here. That's badass, man. I'm, I'm glad your dad is um, working out and he's going to the Y and get his swimming on. Yeah, he's super motivated. He's, he's work- actually starting to kick the ball again now. Yeah. It's crazy. I yeah. haven't seen him kick the ball in years. That's uh, that's good, <laughs> um, dude. Because I see every time I see your dad, man, like he looks like formido, fornido. He looks like he's a serious face, serious, serious face, exterior. But he also looks like um, como que un señor bien dotado. Like you know, you say like when you see him, like his broad shoulders and you know, like, stand up high and <laughs> and pretty much like uh, yes, sir. Let's let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but now nah, he's a, he's a very cool dude, man. I met him a couple of times, and the times that I met him, he's he's uh, you know, it's enjoyable. Yeah, dude. Um, but that's good, man. Uh, I have I have one or a couple. I think the the first one is before back in nineteen. So a lot of the stuff that I I mean, I I uh form who Ricardo is is literally from anecdotes from the past, and I I was able to just. You know, little bits and pieces that connect everything. Uh, so, there was in 1990s in Mexico, there was a late night show on Friday nights. It was called El Calabozo. Mm. And it was, you know, this guy, Esteban Arce and El Burro Van Ranking. So, El Burro Van Ranking is actually one of Luis Miguel's best friends back in the 80s when estaba ahí en, en, el, en, en, en este, se iba en Acapulco. And he's actually like, shown like a character of him in, in the series Luis Miguel. Mm. Um but his guys were known for just being like the like the fun of everything in that moment. You know, they were they're like in their mid twenties, early thirties maybe. But his guys right there, they were just fun to just watch. And they will bring out guests to their studio and they will have a like say uh they'll have people but instead of having like say the the fans just in the back, they will just have them like almost to the side. Mm-hmm. You can see the fans in the in the screen of the tv but they were very vulgar a lot of it was just albures mm. and the reason what i'm saying is because in that time my dad like we became christians 
So my dad stopped drinking and stopped, you know, like doing a lot of things that he used to really do, which is like he used to party back in the days. And I remember us going to Vigilia, which would be from 10 to midnight on Friday nights. And then woke up to the house and he was like, hey, what's the calabozo? So I'm like, all right, let's do it. And so it's cool. Like that, that, I remember that part, like just, you know, spending time with my dad watching it because that was before he, you know, decided to follow my mom and, and cross the border so we can come here. But it was cool because that type of show brought ideas of how we can do stuff here. Mm. You know, bring guests, talk shit sometimes, have a serious conversation, yeah, you know, yeah, get yeah. to know someone. Uh, if you ever check it out, it's El Calabozo. Uh, <laughs> but I always remember it because those weekends where, you know, Friday night we'll start, we'll watch El Calabozo, and then the next day, I'll have a game, and my dad will have a store, and he'll give me money to go buy a burger, and or he'll tell me, compre carnitas y me traes carnitas. So that was like, we, we got a good, maybe a couple of months of bondage between him and I, um, and because my mom was already here, so my sister and my brother, they were living with my grandma. So that was, that was, that was cool. Like, I, I always embraced that, and I always, I always it's funny because every time I listen, I, I every time it comes in about the culture or things about, you know, like, you know, like how everything shaped me. It was literally moments like that. Like, if it wasn't for watching those type of shows, then I don't know, like, where I would have ideas to do stuff like this, right? Right. Um, but now it's pretty cool, especially because as a Christian, you know, my dad is trying to stay away from watching all this <laughs> cosas del mundo to watching this, you know, like stuff that, you know, it's probably not the, the most uh, educational, but goddamn, it's funny. You gotta laugh, man. Dude, if, if that's anything that dads show, have, our dads have shown us is how to laugh. Really. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and then he became serious, and we became a lot more Christian. And that changed a lot of things. But I do remember that one, like that, that the calabozo will be every Friday night. Yeah. Too, like so, that, that was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, man. I, th I think do I have another one? I mean, it was just maybe when he lost the keys in the Azteca the first time we went. Oh, good story. We stayed. We stayed uh, overnight and slept there. So, but now, dude, like, say, like, with my dad, he's he's always been a, a very, like, very, very, like, a type of person that doesn't judge anyone mm, yeah, based on what they do. Uh, right. Because Christianity can be super judgmental. Uh, and he, he tries to be more of a comprehensive type of person, mm -hmm. uh, like, understanding comprehensive. And I think that's where I kind of get that from him. Yes, I'm more opinionated in a lot of things, but he Every time I talk to him, como que me calmo. Like, he, he always, you know, helps me calm down. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Uh, every time I see him, he's always joyful to see, you know, us. And joyful because whatever decisions we've made in life, he, you know, the fact that we're around, like, he appreciates it. So it's good. It's good to, you know, to have my dad. And, and then uh, I, the one thing I do, I always give him shit. He's like, hey, vamos a aprender más inglés. That's the one that I'm always like, hey, you know, you yeah. got to be more independent. Like, that's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see that. I can see that. Yeah, my dad's a little similar in that respect. And, <laughs> and on the subject of, of, of World Cups, kind of going back, like, my my dad, if it wasn't for him, you know, like, my, my love of the game might, might have never been the same. But I remember going up to the attic and, like, finding the VHS tapes. Yeah. And it was, like, you know, uh, Orlando versus Italia in 1994 <laughs> or some shit. And I, yeah. I would, like, clean them and I would put them back. And I kind of started watching, like, all these old players. And – uh one time we were we were in a place where uh, like we couldn't figure out how to record on the VCR, so my dad got his like 
big ass camcorder. Like it was a big ass like, camera, yeah. like this big. You had to put it on your shoulder to record the TV yeah. in the World Cup of 2002. So it was a uh, Korea Japón. So the, it was like two or three a.m. Yeah, yeah, we were watching Mexico Italia, yeah. and he recorded the whole thing on his nice. shoulder. But that's one of the games I'll never forget because of the the moment that I was having yeah. and the golazo the 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 yeah. uh, off the pass from Guatemala where he does that one eighty that one eighty header. And Buffon is just like a statue. Yeah, so that goal was actually named the second best header goal in, in the history of uh, World Cups. Sexy ass goal. By, uh, by FIFA. I'll um, never forget that. And, <laughs> and you know who actually uh, likes, uh, like, a, very, a Mexican player? Um, este Cotomoc. Uh, likes Cotomoc. Oh, he does? He said it on Mate Con Buzz earlier, which is pretty cool. He's like, oh, shit. Hey, man, people respect el, el Temo, man. He's, dude, he, he's a fucking el, legend. El, el jorobado de nuestras... Nuestros Santos. <laughs> but, dude, um, so the reflection for, or do you have any other anecdotes uh, or anything else? No, man. No. Let's go. Let's go to the question of the day. Reflection of the day, man. Reflection of the day. You, 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 uh, you, you do better at, at asking these type of questions than I do because you put <laughs> us back in the mood. So how okay. how would it? Let's give it give it to us the coca version. All right. So the poet. <laughs> We're having a lot of we're having a lot of moments that we've discussed that, that people have been facing tough tough times, mm-hmm. whether it be in their day to day, the professional lives, and really, we're all going to get tested. We're all going to have to have a moment where we face some type of adversity, and really, the question is, where? What is the time that that you've had some type of difficult moment, and mm-hmm. and, and what what was the learning experience, and how did you get? past that dude uh i think for me ever since i came to america it's been a difficult moment i yeah. mean not having a green card it's just already uh a moment itself uh it's prolonged hopefully that gets fixed soon um however if there's one thing that i that i just knew that we had to do is just hey go out there and do do your shit like and do it until someone tells you that you cannot do it anymore. Uh, I think that's that's been my my thing, dude. It's just uh, you you overcome it, like say that part. A lot of the times, you have to work twice as hard. You know the resources are not there compared to other people, so you have to you know sometimes pay for your own shit. Um, whether it's school or whether it's you know when you move out, like you don't have the help of of your parents, but that mother. You know, you to be a person that's more independent, and I think that's what I, I embrace of of my his my story, and I embrace everything that has happened. And even to this moment, yes, things hopefully are different one day, and things can change. But however, um, I think just being in America as a you know now a DACA recipient, um, is gonna go like say DACA is gonna be on hearings again about Republicans trying to challenge it in July, so. Another, you know, wave of, you know, you just, you're, you're, you're with a lot of like, dude, just give it to us. Like, I mean, just give us that, not give it, give us a green card, but like allow us to apply for it and do it the right way and pay whatever fine we got to pay. But you, you, um, you, you wake up every day, you're like, man, you know, eternity. But at the end of the day, you know, like, hey, hasta que me corran, me voy. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been twenty two years. <laughs> yeah, man. It's I've I've heard you 
talk about a lot of stories, a lot of things, a lot of experiences, man, and what you what you add to this uh, to this community and, and this nation as a whole. Like it, just looking at it, man, you you contribute a lot and in, in creatively and and just culturally, man. And I think um, in in all of our hearts, man, you you're everything uh, that defines America. You know what I mean? In our hearts, Thank it you. just Thank needs you. to be that fucking document, man. And we, our leaders need to step up and, and, and make the, make the right decision and stop, stop cowering, you know, stop, stop being afraid of, of, of just backwards, you know, backwards thinking, you know, they got to embrace the future and people, people like, people like you are the future people. You are here. They've been there. America, they've been here for so many freaking years, dude. So man, um, thank you for sharing that, man. That's why I go boat and viva Beto. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, how about you, Koke? No, man. Ah, oh, man. Like, I definitely can't top that level of adversity, man. But you know, every each of our lives, we, we're all we're all facing something. And for me, in a lot of cases, has been um, um, kind of dealing with uh, uh, some some internal stresses of of, uh, of pressures of mm-hmm. of whether it's like family family pressures or, or professional pressures or um, or life pressures like many times I've had that um, desire or not just matter of being where I, I close myself off and don't want to burden anyone else and don't I don't talk about it and in the end what that ends up doing to me mm-hmm. is making my problems a lot worse and, and creating more anxiety um, and and not resolving the issue at hand. So, mm-hmm. for example, it could be, it can be anything. It could be like you know, it, some imposter syndromes at work, some 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 pressures with with the family that that you're not committed or coming through on certain things, mm-hmm. or even domestically, you know, at home with my wife. Like you know, every, everybody ha- we all have certain issues, but talking about it, I found has been uh, the best thing with people of trust, people that are there for you, people mm-hmm. that are in your corner. Um, and kind of leaning back and saying, hey, I'm going through something right now, and I need help. Mm-hmm. That's been my hardest thing to do in adversity. But when I've done it, that's how I've gotten through adversity. Yeah. And, and uh, it's, interesting, it's an interesting thing to discuss because we talk about our dads, and one of the things my dad that I mentioned earlier, he's like, mm-hmm. you got to be strong, strong like a bull. But sometimes if you just have that stubborn mentality where you're going to get through, you're going to push through it, yeah. sometimes it's, it's not the best. Sometimes you end up working or, or hurting yourself way more than if you would have uh, just said pause and gotten the help you need. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and, and, and that goes with, with mental health and everything, like using your resources and stuff that are there and, and seeking help. Um, so I know that's not really necessarily a story of adversity, but I think it's something that I wanted to to talk about because it's for me, it's, it was always comfortable to just focus on um, – like not to, to be a burden, mm-hmm. but I think embracing that discomfort of of putting yourself out there and being vulnerable is something that we could all learn from, especially as men. Um, you know, we we're kind of plagued with this uh, kind of toxic culture of being uh, macho and like you know figuring your own shit and uh, yeah. just being a manning up like shit like that. But when it comes down to it, man, uh, being being vulnerable, there's a lot of strength to vulnerability mm-hmm. and uh, accepting your flaws and, and forgiving, forgiving yourself and like moving forward and, and seeking those, the things that you, you need to do 
to uh, to be responsible. To me, at the end of the day, being responsible, that's what being a man is. You know, not necessarily being the strong, like the the strong-headed guy that is stubborn mm-hmm. figures out. It's like being responsible for the things that you're going through in life. And, and at times, it could be being vulnerable, too. So there's a lot of strength and vulnerability. So... One thing you said that uh, and it helps me, and I mean, because every time, every time we hang out, we always end up just having conversations about life. But you're right, dude. Um, a lot of the times, like us, man, we don't want to share like what's going on. Right. We need to share, but you don't know how helpful it is to let it out um, mm-hmm. because then you come to realize what you've done wrong. You come to realize what you can change from yourself and what can you can do different. Um, it, and I think whenever you hold it back, it's a lot more harmful than when you talk it out. Right. And you have to deal with people that you trust. And I think like, say, like I've seen you whenever you, you know, you, you do that when you talk and you, you express and you feel and I've even done it like with you guys sometimes. And it is so helpful. Like it is, it is so helpful just to, to let what you have in your, in your chest out and be able to talk and express it because, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of men still don't have that, you know, in them where they can sh- express how they feel. Things are turning a little better, but still, it's one of those things that you have to. And I, and I think, like you always, if if, uh, if a guy, the the best way to literally get something that you want to share, you always want to do it with someone that already is either older than you, and you know that's going to give you a, a good advice or just a good suggestion not no one like not, not giving it to like say if we're married like as we're married you know don't go and talk about your stuff with other women you know talk about it with your guys talk about it with your dudes you know but don't let it spill with other women because that can lead to opening open doors where you know it's not supposed to <laughs> so that's one thing that we have is that and that's till knock uh, all the time he's like man because every time we're hanging out and and uh i like yeah, I have a, I'm like, man, you're, you're, you're always, uh, how do you call it? Como que, you have your, your voice of like, not just one, I have like five voice. <laughs> like, and then, and then I was like, but look, here's the deal. It, it's good. You're out of me, like, you know, be in contact with them and touch with them because we all look out for each other. Right. So, and it helps us out. Yeah. And then it's like, that's good. And which is, which is good. And, and I think our wives see that from us, you know, like mm-hmm. she see how she sees how we look at, we look out for each other and she sees how we, you know, anything happens, we're there for each other. Um, and we're grateful for that, you know, cause a lot of guys might not have this. So, right. No, man. And I think there's something to be said about, about Richie and, and, you know, and about our friends, you know, we're people that look out, we look out for each other, dude. So, um, it's never like I'm gonna burden you with this and you're gonna burden me with this. It's like, nah, dude, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna help each other get through this. So, if more if if we can embrace that more and kind of encourage that from from our from people that we know or people that maybe we're not that close to, I think as a, as a whole as a community, especially as a community of, of of men, we can we can be in a better place. Right, right, yeah, we can be less toxic because. <laughs> Dude, we're all men. We're well, toxic as fuck. Everybody's talking about las toxicas, but... Yeah, las toxicas, nah. We're the ones that... We need to check on ourselves, uh, tranquilo, dude. Tranquilo, tranquilo. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, dude, any closing things? Um, dude. Good stuff to share. The MLS Apple deal. We didn't talk about that. Man, hopefully that cha- that fixes the freaking ESPN bullshit. 
ESPN. That that app is just trash. trash. Garbage. It's you can how can you be the biggest sports channel, but you cannot watch an Austin FC game uh, when they're away because of rights. I'm like, dude, you do everything you can to get those rights. You share the rights. You right. you can't just not let people watch a game. That literally was just the worst. Like for me, ESPN is plus is the worst app there is right now i'm actually kind of concerned about the implications that this is going to have for like local broadcasts mm -hmm. you know our, our uh our friend of the pod sunny yeah might be out of job sunny uh was a uh, part of the local broadcasting team you know doing a great job do, doing amazing work just with the broadcasting team mm -hmm. um so i'm kind of concerned about what's going to happen to that side of his uh Endeavors. I know that 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 dude is busy with so many things. Yeah, yeah. I don't worry about him. Yeah, but, but it's something like that Haley that, and then uh, the other guy right there. Uh, I forget the name, but yeah. yeah, I I hope they can find something for them because you always want to do everything possible to where you can allow the people that already work in that scenario say it. No, don't treat it like a like a Champions League type of deal where you have everything centralized and you only have this five group of people that are running everything. The best thing to do for Apple would be to, if they already have local broadcasting, hire the people that do local part as subcontractors, you know, because they're going to give you a lot more depth and they're going to make your product better than whenever you don't, you just let people go. Uh, I think hopefully that deal changes to where anyone that, you know, that say, for example, you can have your pregame, postgame talk in the studio, but you got to have people that are in the stadium, like, present to talk about the game. Mm -hmm. It gives you a different feeling. It does. It does. Puts you more in that environment, man. All right, Rich, any parting words? Dude, the happy Father's Day to every father out there que se ha portado bien y ha sido responsable. Y los que no, vayan y... Um, yeah, man. Also, Juneteenth this uh, around the corner. So, how do you say Happy Juneteenth? Happy Juneteenth. There we go. Um, that that's uh, hopefully you know we we plan something better in the future where we have a guest that give us a little more more story in depth regarding Juneteenth. And uh, there's gonna be several stuff going on. I think there's a Juneteenth parade in Austin this Saturday. Mm -hmm. And, uh, dude, I don't have much. Uh, uh, one more thing to plug. Uh, we have a concert at the Cactus Cafe with our previous guest. Oh, Maxi. Max, Maximiliano Martinez is performing at the Cactus Cafe on June 24th. Yes, June Friday, 20, June 24th. Friday, June 24th. Go check him out. It's sure to be a great show. I think uh, doors open at 7. Yeah, man. Um but any, uh, without any further ado, thank you for listening to another episode of Otra Por Favor. Otra Por Favor. Se cuidan, se portan bien y adiós. Esto es Otra Por Favor. This is One Horn.